have a return guest, you have to you have to dig in to your your well and pull out the best of the best gems, and that's what we're doing this week. Friend of friend, chum of chums, legend, rock and tour filmmaker, lover, friend, Chris Seaver is back on the show. Greetings, and he's not alone. He's brought with him. Zach. My genitals. <laughs> uh, also a filmmaker, and we will get into that. Zach Olivares. Zach, welcome to the show. Hello. All right. So here's the thing, Zach. Chris and I have known each other a long time. Yeah. And uh, I, like, I getting to getting getting to see Chris go, Chris and the different waves and different uh, time periods and groups that have passed through uh, Warlock, through LBP, has been this fascinating, weird evolution. But the constant is Chris's joke structure, his his constant um, ability to find, like, no matter what other bullshit is happening, I will find the joke in here. And we will focus on the joke. And then there'll be six other jokes going on behind the main joke that's on camera. So knowing all of that, knowing it, like as much of a mega fan as I am, I have, I have to ask, how does it feel to be working with somebody whose work you obviously admire? Uh, it feels pretty good, I'd say. Um, I'm, I am really stoked that I was given the opportunity to work on the doc with yeah. Chris and his uh, merry band of uh, thespians. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of great. Uh, you know, um, I, I hadn't, I, I hadn't really like followed Chris that closely uh, until I really started the doc. And then I really started understanding like, Whoa, my God, this dude has made so many, these, this many <laughs> films. And, and like most of the, most of the crew is still around. Mm-hmm. Um, and to sort of see why everyone kind of sticks with it. Yes. Uh, yep. It, 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 it kind of leached into me a little bit. So now I'm kind of like, I kind of want to do this too. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I want to help I, out in whatever way I can. Yeah. I, I mean, that was, I went from being a fan to telling him like, if there's any way I can contribute, I want to contribute. That's yeah. I, I totally get it because once you see, uh, once Chris, I think, I don't think I'm, wrong when i say this if you get the seavage you fucking get it and you're a fan like i don't think there's a lot of middle ground is there i don't think so um yeah i mean i think it's a it's an extreme love or an extreme hatred for sure sure yeah uh you know, and not just as sure I'm sure you've read and you certainly know from me, but not just uh, about the movies, but like fans seem to. And this is like this is this way in all, I think, fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's some toxic, evil fans, of course. And yes, and they personally try to attack you. Yes. Uh, as a human being, <laughs> uh, yeah. they think they know you because of the films and uh, <laughs> or they've heard this or they've heard that. And it's all like fucking like what what you know and, yeah. and that sort of stuff is ridiculous but i think when you just stick to the movies um yeah it's a very hard yes or no right right 
Yeah. And, you know, no one's going, yeah, you know, I, I kind of like this. Uh, you know, maybe a scrotal vengeance was maybe not my cup of tea. You know, it's, there's, you know, I think they're made specifically for a person who um, can get down with uh, yeah. the absurd. Um, so I don't know. I, uh, no, I, I agree. I agree. I think there's, I think there's a certain, there's a certain type of person that's going to laugh at that stuff. Like there, and you, and it, you have to, you don't have to be raised a certain way. You have to have grown up consuming certain types of pop culture and accepted that pop culture for the levels of the absurdity and ridiculous that it would reach. Like ultimately I think the stuff we love is pretty fucking weird. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But I, I think, uh, the last like five years though, mm-hmm. um, I've noticed, uh, a lot of younger people finding my stuff and yeah. thinking it's hilarious. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I, I will get messages from like 19 year olds, uh, men and women. Yeah. Uh, who are like, you know, I just saw sex Squatch, or I just saw uh, a big one is terror at blood fart. Lake. Like, Oh, sure. You know, because those are sort of out there on a lot of streaming platforms. Yeah. Um, I think people are just finding it and they see that title and they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of people who are like, Oh, this is terrible. This is amateurish. And they don't understand what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then there's some who are just like, I laugh my ass off. Uh, you know, thank you for making this. Do you have any more type of thing? And that's right. That's been really cool too, and and clearly they don't know what the hell most of the jokes are, or, or no. a lot of the in jokes and shit like that. But there's something, you know, something in the writing, something in the the portrayal uh, from the gang, uh, you know, what the the amalgamation of all of it put together is just sort of hitting with some kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's been pretty cool. And I think I think the the cool thing about that too is. Let's say that their entryway is Ter- Blood Fart Lake. If they're caught onto it, they're going to go back and say, all right, some of these jokes are clearly rooted somewhere else. That's going to force them to dig. I feel yeah, like. yeah. Because I'm going to want to know, like, what the fuck did that mean? <laughs> I laughed. What did it mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and sometimes it doesn't mean anything. No. Sometimes no. it's just buffoon buffoonery. You know? Right, right. I think like I think Josh is one of the the best of of your crew in terms of having just like great one offs in in your movies that are all you know depending on whatever the char- you know whatever character he's taken on like he he has a, a ton of just those one off jokes that that I still fucking laugh at I just thinking about so um, Josh is a peach. Yes, he is. So we are here to discuss two different things. <gasps> we, we are here to discuss your current project. Yeah. And we are here to discuss the documentary that Zat, that you've made about the history of LBP and Warlock. What's interesting is then it all ties back into this current project you're working on because, Zach, as I understand it, you're also working on this. Yes. Yes, I am. So, Chris, Wellsville Knights. Let's let's talk about it. Tell tell the listeners what 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 is the vision, what you're doing. 
everyone in our podcast network, like once they, uh, it kind of passed through our, our group chats, everybody was like, Oh fuck, this is great. So what are you guys doing? Okay. So, um, when I was shooting, uh, the weirdsies Mm -hmm. in 2015, um, I always have like a, uh, a notebook. Okay. Uh, during, uh, every project. Um, and that's just to scribble down ideas for the film that we're doing, or it's to scribble down ideas for future things. Sure. Things that just pop in that might not fit in what we're doing currently. Um, and it's just a way for me to go back and say, Oh yeah, I remember this. Uh, this would be funny, you know? Um, yeah. And Wellsville nights was one of those things in that notebook. Um, I actually have the notebook still with okay. that page that has Wellsville nights written down and what it was going to be. That's awesome. Um, and, and that was 2015. And I just, you know, uh, being a fan, a, a giant fan of the eighties and growing up in the eighties and, um, uh, you know, sort of, as you would know, uh, Wes, like, yeah, you know, we had so much, uh, pop culture thrown at us. I mean, the eighties were really the time, the, the pop yeah. culture explosion and it was insane and amazing. Yeah. We were constantly getting fed this, that, and the other thing. And, and so as a child, not, you know, born in the seventies, growing up in the eighties, uh, there was n- every, I mean, it was just constantly being thrown at us. And within that, um, the majority of the pop culture that was being fed to children really did stick with me and stick in my brain. And, and, um, one of those things being the eighties teen soap opera. Yeah. Uh, and I've always found them to be ridiculous. Uh, yeah. even while watching them and, and, you know, and, and when I was um, in the uh, 87, 88, 89, I was like 12, 13, 14, uh, 11, 12, 13, that, that kind of aid, ra- aid yeah. range. And um, in health sciences in our class, they would show us Degrassi Junior High. Yeah. And, um, this Canadian kid show, this teen show, this drama. Yeah. Uh, about kids growing up in, uh, you know, Canada and <laughs> going to high school and the trials and tribulations. And even as like a kid, I was just like, man, they got a rough in Canada. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, everything was so dramatic and crazy. And like, oh, yes. Yeah. I'm not going through this shit here in <laughs> Wellsville, you know. Uh, but man, these kids, like something. Woo! You know? I, and, I remember watching Degrassi once with my grandma in the room. Yeah. And she started paying attention, and after a little bit, she goes, "Wow, there's this is this is kind of serious for kids' TV, isn't it?" And yeah, you stop, yeah. you're like, "Yeah, yeah, I guess it is sort of serious," you know. And then um, there was a show called Fifteen that started to air on Nickelodeon, and that was like 1990, and that was more. Um, uh, it was shot more like a sitcom. It was shot, uh, whereas Degrassi was shot on film. 
and put together like a, a mini movie. Yeah. Um, 15 was pure low budget. It, it looked like, you know, different strokes, facts of life. Right. It, Any it, of those shows. It was yeah, shot like a multi-cam with a laugh track, wasn't it? It was didn't have a laugh track because no. it was very serious. Because 15 oh, is oh, like... Okay. Very serious know, age. <laughs> it is... Uh, uh, You know, 15 is like General Hospital for kids. Uh, They took it very seriously. Um, There was, you know, zoom in close-ups when someone's like (laughs) going through something, you know, these 15-year-old kids. And and, uh, and to to an even more ridiculous extent, in in that show, 15, I mean, nobody is having fun. Like every, every episode, every kid is just dealing with the most giant shit you've ever, you know, dealt with. Yeah. And nobody's having fun. Everyone's yelling at each other. Like everyone's pissed off at each other. Every, you know, everyone's dating everybody and everyone's getting mad and it's just ridiculous. So long story short, like as an adult, you know, even, uh, saved by the bell, that type of stuff when they would get serious with their stuff uh you know i i always wanted to see like a a modern show like that but shot like it was from the 80s and shot on tape nobody nobody fucking shoots on tape everyone is afraid to fucking shoot on tape and i hate it i just can't stand it and i and obviously i get where they're coming from but if they want to emulate what they're doing you know if they want to emulate and they want to parody don't shoot digital and then do like an overlay of like, you know, yeah. I just hate it. I instantly know it's bullshit. Like, you know, like, uh, for instance, those VHS horror movies, the VHS and VHS two and yeah. VHS 94, they're all shot digital. And then yeah. they have this shit look to them. Uh, I'm like, grow some balls and pick up the v-, v, you know, VHS camera and shoot it that way. Not That's hard to you come want. by. <laughs> you can't stick a VHS tape into the VCR and then get this, you know, digital look. It's just right. bullshit. I hated it. I, yeah. I, I couldn't stand it. And so many shows like do that uh, to get that look, you know, because they want to still have the widescreen and all that shit. But yeah, I really wanted, I want to, I always was thinking like, why, why don't they just go? Why isn't there an adult s- swim show? Because, you know, there's so many fucking weird shows like that. Yep. That would, would poke fun at things of that nature. It's like, why isn't there a show that is clearly shot to tape, um, you know, with 45-year-olds playing 15-year-olds and, <laughs> and, and, and doing that thing? And, 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 and obviously having fun with it and, and yeah. poking fun at it, but taking it serious. Yeah. So that was my thing. Like, you know what? I, if I ever got the shot to make like a TV show this is what I'd want to do. And yeah. so I just wrote that down. And every now and again, I would go back to it. Um, and so during the pandemic, you know, we weren't, well, there was actually a long, I mean, I hadn't really shot anything in a very long time. Like yeah. after the weirdsies, we did do death Land and the remake, but I didn't like that movie. And, and the experience of making that movie wasn't the most fun. And mm-hmm. so I didn't really count that. Um, so, you know, we did that in 2016 and then some years went by and then we shot the Stoinky, the third Stoinky short in 2019, but that was like nothing. 
Yeah. And then again, some years went by and I didn't do anything. So I really haven't done anything since the weirdsies since 2015. And, um, uh, but every now and again in this book, I would just go back and be like, okay, well, I have this, this radical idea, which I am still going to do. And, and all these other ideas and more like death of lantern films and all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wellsville nights was sort of always there. And it had different titles, but Wellsville Nights was, like, always one of the titles. Yeah. Because um, I wanted to set it where I grew up, in Wellsville, New York, mm-hmm. um, and have it be, like, the trials and tribulations of these kids dealing with, you know, yeah. high school teenery in, in, in the 80s, <laughs> and then throwing in some Dark Shadows stuff. Okay, um, sure. You know, when I say to people, eh, and throw in Supernatural, everyone's like, oh, you mean, like, Buffy and all that stuff? Yeah. No, I'm talking like Dark Shadows because that also was a soap opera and it was cheesy as hell and it was played straight and and it looked cheesy and it had that feel like you could bump a piece of the set and it would fall over and that type yeah. of thing. And, yeah. and I, that's what I mean. That's what I want to go for. So if yeah. we're going to have werewolves and ghosts and vampires in Wellsville Nights... I want it to have that cheesy dark shadows feel, not yes. a Buffy the Vampire Slayer feel. Right, you know? right. And because um, when you think of Buffy, you think of a more polished look anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. And much more um, special effects and the prosthetics yeah. and all that stuff. Yep. But I want to keep it like, you know, dark sh- Scooby-Doo villains. And that's right. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you know, that shit. Um, yeah. It's, and it's, so during the pandemic, I was like, well, I got to be creative. We can't really do too much. Um, maybe I'll put this fucking Wellsville Nights thing together, you know? And, and so I wrote down everything that I wanted, which was just what I said, an 80s themed shot to tape half hour soap opera with teens at a high school dealing with their stuff, but also dealing with the supernatural. Um, so I wrote all that stuff down and I definitely wanted it to be played by 40 year olds and, um, (laughs) keep that thing going. And, uh, I took it to Clint at first to help me develop it. And then I, and then through that, I also told Casey about it and was like, this is what I want to do. This is the next project. Um, let's try something different. Let's not do, you know, the 70 minute movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's try to really like do a show, you know, we've never done this. Let's, let's do a show. And, um, and then this sort of went from there, man. Like it, uh, you know, um, from then on, I sort of told them what I wanted to do. Um, and we started making a, um, a, a map, like a world. So we started to world build and say, Okay, I said I want only four seasons, uh, and the first season we start to we get to know everybody, but we start to establish that there is some sort of underlining weird shit going on, and then by the fourth season, um, what starts in the first ends in the fourth. So uh, there is an underlining. Uh, thing that's happening currently (laughs) 
happening from season one to season four. Okay. But there's tiny things that happen in season one, two, three that don't have anything to do with the main underlining gotcha. uh, evil thing that, yep, that yep. will finally show itself fully in season four. But there's nooks and crannies and there's little spots throughout each season that like continue to perpetuate. It's kind of like, uh, I guess, the X-Files. Like, yeah, um, they had that underlining like, OK, the aliens are coming, you know, and you, you every now and again, you'll follow that alien stream. Yeah. But then Fox, Mulder and Scully, they'll have to deal with, you know, oh, there's, you know, hillbilly cannibals living under a house and shit like that and that yep. type of thing. Yep. Um, and so it's very much like that. <clears throat> um, so we planned that out. Uh, we planned it all out. And then um, I figured, well, let's let's write the first season. So if we're going to go to pitch somebody this this whole thing. We actually have the first season of eight episodes written, um, uh, so we can be like one step ahead of everything, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of that, to give them a visual idea of what I'm going for, we'll shoot a pilot. Um, so they get the pilot, they get the <laughs> the first season written, and they get a map of what happens from season one to season four. Right. Right. Um, and we did that, and so. Uh, for like a year and a half, that's all we did was put that together. Um, right. I wrote four episodes. Uh, I had Casey write two episodes, and Clint wrote two episodes. Okay, and um, and that's Wellsville Nights. And the plan is to shoot the pilot at the end of July, and then start to pitch it. Uh, okay, we, you know we're looking to pitch it at uh, streaming. Any any of the streaming sites, uh, let from from Tubi and Roku to yeah, you know, Adult Swim, Comedy Central, Netflix. That you know, whatever we can, however we can get in, um, we plan to um, to pitch it and see what happens. Uh, That's great. And the pitch, if the pitch thing doesn't go well for like five six months, mm-hmm. trying because ultimately we'll. What we would like is to somebody to pick it up, back it, and then give us the money to make that first season. You know what I mean? Right. Um, uh, but if that sort of falls through, we have all this material and it's already done. And it's such a fun, stupid idea that I think we could try to do it ourselves and, like, kickstart it. Uh, okay. Kickstart that first, uh, first season. Uh, yeah. You know, try to raise, like, 40... 40 grand or something like that. And, and just and shoot all eight episodes ourselves. Those people then would get access to the content. I'm assuming. Once well, they- then we would sort of do uh, like a grassroots thing. We would, you know, put it up on whether it be Vimeo or YouTube or even Tubi, because there is a way that you can add content to Tubi. Uh, oh, and people well, see it that way as well. I mean, that, that seems like a, a, a decent, safety net for content creators right now of all types, you know, not just, not just a filmmaker, somebody making a, a TV series, like those avenues are, are crucial to, to getting shit out because uh, like, I don't know how somebody goes about pitching something to Netflix at this point. Like, I don't know who you would have to know to, to even inquire about the ability to do that. 
So beats me. You know, two we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do what we can. Damn it, you're gonna find him. <laughs> you know, we're gonna go to as many streaming. You know, uh, obviously we have some people who are out there in the in the industry. I have friends. Um, yeah, who could totally sort of uh, throw us an email here, throw us a you know a text message there, and yeah. Um, so that's gonna be sort of good for me. Uh, yep. to have in the back pocket. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to give ourselves enough time to really sort of uh, get it in front of as many people as we can who might be able to get it in front of another person or, yes. you know, uh, yeah. the chain sort of rolls and we'll see. Yeah. The, the, is the pilot complete and edited and we're shooting, you're shooting, we're, uh, okay. we're shooting at the end of July. That's yeah. great. We still, I mean, we still need some budget for it, but how, how uh, many, how, how long are, are, uh, are the episodes? Like, what's the, the plan uh, there? Like 25 minutes. Okay. You know, uh, so it is a, like a sitcom. regular sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. First episode is like the longest. It's 31. Okay. <laughs> you know? All right. Well, I mean, it's pilot. pilot. Yeah. Just establishing everybody does a really good job at, at sort of giving the personality to all the characters, all the teens. Do you see this as a, because on the surface, it sounds like something you'd make, but the approach is a lot different in terms of like, I mean, this is a different format for you. It's, it's been films, whether short or feature length, it's always been films. This is a, Hey, we've got four blocks of eight here and they're 25 minutes a piece. So That has to be, does the approach to the joke writing and the dialogue change because of that? So this is something I've been saying to people when they've been talking, asking me about it. And um, even to the gang, when I did pitch it to everybody, yeah, I was like, listen, let's be honest. Uh, we all know that LBP is good in small doses. Okay. And sure. Uh, and I think... <clears throat> um, the way that I write uh, really lends itself to short form. Um, you know, I find it good to get in and get out. Um, sure. You know, while the going is good because yeah. it's very particular. This stuff is, is not for everybody and um, you don't want to sit with it that long. And I feel like, you know, a show is like, whew, that's perfect. Yeah. You know, that's perfect to get across my stupidity uh, in like 30 minute chunks. You know? it, it is kind of the ideal thing, though, of you give them just enough time to to like laugh and be like, what the fuck am I watching? And then you're on to the next thing. I, I do think that's a smart approach to take. Yeah, it's been good. It's uh, I've really enjoyed it. I, I mean, it's still hard. Let, um, sure. You know, I would say the last decade for sure has been far tougher for me to write than it normally was. Um, yeah. I just find myself um, constantly thinking I need to do better or, or one up the last thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have doubts like a lot of writers, just like, it, <clears throat> am I funny anymore? Is this funny? Are these characters funny anymore? You know? Right. Um, so. 
but this has been good. This is, um, I've been able to, you know, after 31 years, sort of uh, amass what I'm good at and throw away what I'm not good at. And, and mm-hmm. I think this distills all the good things, you know, um, and to keep it consistent, you know, with Clint and with Casey writing those two episodes each, yeah. I definitely was like right there and, you know, had to go in and say, I like this. I like this. I don't like this. You know, this has to change because, because of this, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> things no, like that. that. Yes. Uh, so that's I guess it's a showrunner type of situation yeah, that's, here. That's how a writing process should be, really. I mean, um, you, you want the fluidity, you want the continuity. I, that all. But they sense. definitely, of course, you know, they know me. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. know the style of writing, and they yeah. get they get what this is all about. And so, I think from script to script, it really flows as one thing. Um, you know, um, so that's that's great. You know, that's, uh, that's exciting. So it's been fun. It it has been challenging, but it's been fun. Like I, I, like I'm still sort of dealing with the last episode because I'm changing things all the time. And I'm like, uh, like I I think this is funny, but how is it going to fit into this? And I need to, I need to sort of do a few things to to cliffhang for the Mm -hmm. second season and shit like that. So, you know, it's 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 all it it's all making sense though in in the trajectory of the things you've done. Like these will be characters that will if if they're familiar with their work, it won't surprise somebody to see some of the uh, the silliness and and for somebody new incoming you know incoming that's new, they're going to be introduced to. I mean, this is a whole new world for them. So yeah. And like, uh, there are some characters from the films that do pop into the show, but there's no, obviously there's no connection to any movie world or anything like that. Yeah. But because I like the characters so much, they make their way in, they do pop in, but they're being played differently. Uh, it's still them, but it has to have that, that, that teen soap opera style, uh, over dramatic, melodramatic, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, so to kind of transition into talking about where you come to play Zach, which is uh, the documentary you made about Chris, his film legacy uh, through LBP, through Warlock. Uh, I got to see it. I, I appreciate the opportunity to see it. It's incredible. Uh, I'm I'm Thank biased you. in uh, having you know having. To, having been a part of things that Chris has made, being a friend of Chris's, absolutely I'm biased. All that aside, if you put this on for me, just as a film fan, I would love, I'm rooting for everyone involved. And that's, I think that's the the best way, to, that, that that's the best thing to take away from this documentary, is you're going to walk away rooting for for Chris, for LBP, for everyone involved, you you see this team. You're like, man, I want these people to fucking succeed. This is this is, these are the, these are good people. These are people I want to see get the win. So, Zach, how does it come to be that you make a documentary about uh, about Chris Seaver and his film world? Oh man, so yeah, so a long time ago, I. 
my intro to LBP was Terror at Blood Fart Lake. Like, I think it was for a lot of people. And when I was watching that movie, uh, Josh's character, Leo DeChamp, uh, mentions in one of his long diatribes something about the town of Canandaigua. Now, I, I grew up in Rochester, but at that point in time, I was living in Denver, Colorado. So okay. there was like this little link back to home because everybody that I knew growing up at Rochester had like a summer home in Canandaigua. But like nobody has ever referenced that town outside of people from that area. So I was like, oh, there's this weird filmmaker and there's this weird group of people making movies out in uh, out in Rochester or somewhere close to that. So I'm going to yeah. sort of keep an eye on that for a while. Um, and then like a year or two later on Netflix, just randomly Taint Light came on. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? Uh, so I put it on and I was like, oh, my God, I think these are the same. I think this is like the same group of people. Yeah. Um, and then I like at that point, I think I just like followed on Facebook. I just like added the Warlock Home video, you know, uh, website or whatever. And every once in a while, I'd see Chris like offering his movies for sale. And then uh, at the end of 2018, I wound up moving back to Rochester to live with some family while my wife attended nursing school. And uh and it was right around the holiday and Chris was having his Christmas special. So I was like, okay, let me, let me reach out and see if he's a, if he's even close. Turns out he was like 10 minutes down the road for me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and I, I kind of wanted to talk to him about like the film community out, out in Rochester, because I, I didn't know because I hadn't lived there in, you know, like 15 years Yeah, at that point. So, um, and he was like, oh, I got to tell you all about the Rochester film community. And, you know, so I picked up the movies and I chatted with him and I was like, oh, my God, like this is uh, at first I didn't know what to expect meeting him. But he's just a really good dude and a really nice, like he's very friendly and very sociable. And I was like, man, like, do you, do you want to work on anything? Do you have any projects coming up? Like, do you need help with anything? Like, I, I'm, I'm in Rochester and I just need to do something, you know, like, yeah. I, need, I need some creative outlet. And uh, and he was like, yeah, you know, we're working on this YouTube show. And uh, and I think maybe like a month or two months later, I wound up like going over and we watched a couple of LBP flicks. And I had watched the ones that he had supplied me in the meantime. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I can get into this you yeah. know, very easily. Like this is just raunchy, very yeah. raunchy, <laughs> uh, you know. But like, but there's 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 fucking talent there, you know, like there's yes. some really good writing that I, I'm just, I, I was a little flabbergasted with like how, you know, I mean, some of the times you have to kind of like go back and rewind and watch it like a little bit slower just to kind of catch all the things. Cause yeah. a lot of the dialogue just rapid pace, but I was just like, Holy shit, man, this guy's great. And plus, you know, got distributed through uh Tempe, which is J.R. Bookwalter. And that's somebody right. I grew up knowing, you know, like, yep. I mean, knowing of, you know, like idolizing from a distance. So I was just like, man, this guy's lived a life, you know? Yeah. And then uh, I pitched him, uh, like, I think this the same day, because I just kept on having all these questions for him, just because uh, I, I, I feel like I'm a fairly inquisitive person. I like to ask a lot of questions, which is a little bit inappropriate, oh. but I'm really bad at reading social cues sometimes. Definitely. So <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I, I kept, I was like, dude, 
can we, do you want to do a doc? Like, have you, have you tried to do this? And there were like three attempts, I guess, in the past. Yeah. Yep. And he was like really burnt out about that. And, um, and I was like, well, let me try, you know, like, I, like yeah. I'm going to be asking all these questions anyways, because I just want to know all the things about this. Cause this is kind of a crazy little, you know, community of, you know, filmmaker, you know, actors and, and just like people do make an art, which is kind of, it's just amazing. Right. Yeah. So, um, so at first he was like, yeah, let's do it. So, and I, I'll tell this story on here because you're a dear friend of his. So at this point I didn't have any film equipment, but I had a 401k. So <laughs> I had this conversation with my wife and I was like, listen, I have to, I'm going to do this film. And she, she's like totally behind me on everything. And I'm like, but the only, the only thing is, is that I don't have a lot of cash on me. So like, I got to pull my, I got to pull this 401k. So I did bought all this camera stuff, lighting, all the, all, just all the crap that I would need. Yeah. And then like a week later, Chris texts me and he's like, uh, I don't know if I want to do it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, great. <laughs> Well, I didn't know that part. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't want to, you know, I don't want to put that pressure on you. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. But, but what what you did say was you needed help doing your YouTube show. And I was like, okay, well, if I get to go over and use all my equipment on you, like, once a week, twice a week, I can, I think, I think you'll, you'll, I think we'll come to an agreement. Yes. And maybe, maybe I won't do the doc on, on LBP. Maybe, maybe it'll be something else. Yeah. But as long as we're working and, you know, as long as we can sort of suss each other out. But then he finally relented. So I just kept badgering him until he, uh, until he agreed. That's great. So yeah. you, you, you also got access to previous, uh, team members um how how was that how was it difficult to wrangle these people or i i know chris for for the most part you probably keep you know some form of contact with a lot of folks um uh yeah i mean give or take you know, yeah some uh yeah you know it's 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 not everybody. Right, uh, right. I, I don't, you know, off and on here and there, I'll, I'll see some people, but, um, it's the really like the, you know, the first group of LBP back in the nineties, the 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, you know, those guys who I have not talked to in like 25 years, you know, wow. um, so some of those, and luckily, well, unfortunately for the doc, yeah, uh, he only got one of those dudes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for you know, for a, a disc that we did, uh, I was able to track down a good portion of that original group. That's very cool. Um, I did, I did get Brad Goff though. I did get, Oh yeah. Yeah. I got Brad, but it's not, it's not in the doc. It'll be like an, a special feature. I think. Okay. Okay. But you did get, speaking of Brad, there's another Brad that he got. Okay. Brad Austin. Yes. Yeah. Brad. So, I, you know, Brad was one of the original members of LBP, but he's also been in 
you know, stuff with me since 2004. So right, right. He's yeah, still yeah. a group. He's still part of the group. But it was cool because he does have those, you know, those memories and insights from back yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, so it was fun to, you know, hear him recall a lot of that early stuff. And you know? and I loved seeing him in the documentary. Like he, he's a part of like my discovery of your stuff is Brad's in the thick of that. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, so, you know, to see him pop up and he has a very like gentle way to him. He's yeah. a very sweet man. So, he is. Yeah. uh, it, it comes across and it makes it even funnier. The juxtaposition of him being in your fucking movie yeah. <laughs> it just makes all of that so much more entertaining to me. Cause he's, he gives this real like sweet dad teacher. He is. He's dad. like a big uh, lovable dad. Yeah. You know, he's got a nice family. Uh, he lives his. You know, he's a well, you know, well-known person of the society and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he makes these shit and fart joke movies with me. <laughs> you know, like, I love that, man. Um, and I also like, too, that the true dyed-in-the-wool family, like, of, well, obvious, well, actual family, like Casey, and then Josh, Meredith, like, the people that are... In my opinion, as long as you've existed, those are the people that I, I truly feel, even though they weren't there at day one, are, are like foundational parts of what your film world is. I yeah, associate I th- them with that. I think from, from 2002 on, it really yes. started to sort of solidify. It's and, 20 years, man. And, and say... Um, you know, this is the group. This is the repertory theater of LBC. Yes. You know, this is, yeah. Um, and that's sort of what it became. And then we got, you know, it took a while, but then in like 2011, we got an influx of new people. And then since 2011, those people have been with us. So. Right. Right. You know, and, and that's a fun bunch of people too, like, because they carried Absolutely. over to Warlock and, and those are, those are some, some of the most hilarious performances are, oh, yeah. are built into that. Um, Zach, at, at any point while you're making this, are you, are you just like, there's so much, like how the fuck do I get this into like two hours of a documentary? Like you did, it, there had to have been a point where you're like, I don't know, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I mean, Ooh, uh, yeah, they're, they're, I, yeah. Let me see if I can answer this like succinctly and easily, but yeah, uh, that was difficult. Yes, that, 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 you know, and it's still kind of like an ongoing process yeah. of um, just sort of like very, very fine tuned middling. Uh, but yeah, I mean, thankfully, I had a little bit of experience working on a another documentary uh, with a friend on a Detroit punk rock band called Negative Approach, like uh, maybe like eight years back or so. Uh, wait, you, you worked on that? Uh, Detroit punks? Yeah. Yeah, I was I, I did transcription, and that's the thing that I, I did transcription and assistant editing. And okay, uh, I'm from Toledo. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we know negative approach very well around. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. Um, but since I had that experience, I kind of knew uh, how to start that whole process. Yeah. Sure. Uh, which is okay. You need to take all these interviews, these conversations, and 
get them transcribed because I'm a very, like, I need to see the things and I need to read yep. the things. Yep. Um, and then you make your paper edit and then you go through. But let me say that that's an oversimplification of how crazy <laughs> it is to be in the midst of it. The first yeah. cut that I sent to, because I, I, as much as I want to say like, oh, I'm a true auteur, right? And I, and, <laughs> Uh, I, I needed to make sure Chris was kind of on board the entire time. Yeah, sure, sure. That's that's the that's one thing that was paramount to any of this. If it's a good movie, bad movie, whatever, I don't give a shit. As long as Chris knows that this thing is actually happening. Yeah. Uh, when I, I lived out in Rochester for a while, and then I moved back to Seattle, right? And okay. I, I have all the footage with me and everything. And last time they did, they attempted something like this, it all just disappeared. Right. Okay. Yes. I didn't want that to happen, so I sent him the first cut, and is it was unintelligible. Uh, <laughs> like I just, I was just kind of, you know, which I it. mean, which you told us about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but still, you know, it was a. Uh, it was a true, a tried and true assembly cut of here's what I've shot. Y- yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But yeah, and then just yeah. There wasn't. Um... Well, we didn't. Yeah. There, yeah, there wasn't, like, a, 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 a headstrong story. Okay. You know? Yep. Yeah. I think for me, as the subject of the doc, I was like, what are you telling? Because <laughs> <laughs> there has to be a narrative, right? There has to be a through line that yeah. the audience needs to take away from it. Yeah, yeah. but, and I was, and again, he told me from the get-go, yeah. this is just footage. <laughs> You know, it was lightly sort of um, narrative, <clears throat> but uh, I knew, you know, I knew that he was totally, he just, uh, you know, all through everything that he does, he just wants some input. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, yeah. I wasn't necessarily telling him how to make it because okay, through this whole thing, I'm very much like, this is yours. This is not, you tell your story. Sure. You know, sure. I didn't okay. even know 100% all the people that he talked to. So some of the, oh, when I wow. saw that first one, I was like, I was like, this is cool. You know, I'm seeing people that I haven't talked to in a while, you know, that's crazy. Um, and that kind of continued Whoa. on to the final, final cut. Right. It was just like, man, he, you know, the amount of work that, you know, this was years of his life. You know, that he went around the country, spent his own money. Um, I didn't know what he was doing, uh, how he was putting it together, you know. Because I, you know, also as a as a filmmaker and a champion of, like, no-budget, low-budget shit, I was just yeah. like, this is his baby. Like, let him do what he wants to do. Right. And I know it's going to be fun. He had... You know, I was like getting upset. This was like previously when we shot the Stoinky thing. I was like, man, I, I don't even want to edit this thing. Like, you know, because yeah. I was just so like, man, this is just dumb shit. And Zach was like, well, I'll, I'll edit it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> whatever. If you want to do that, and he fucking did it, and I was like, oh, he totally got my style, and you yeah. know, and and it worked out, and it was. Great. So I, I didn't have any sort of trepidation as far as what it was going to look like and sure. 
how it was going to be put together because I was like, oh, I've seen enough from Zach to know that, oh, he's got this handled. Right. Um, So, but Zach is very, you know, he he will take, even when he uh, ultimately showed us like the the anniversary cut, which was a a much longer cut of the doc you saw. Okay. uh, Because last year was the 30th anniversary of Low Budget Pictures and us doing this. So we all got together. Yeah. Um, okay. And he flew out and he showed us like an LBP cut, That's which cool. had much more like, um, you know, for the anniversary, it had much more uh, LBP content that was, you know, germane to all of us being together, you Correct. know, yeah, uh, sure. some heartstrings types pulling and shit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was, I mean, even that was like awesome. That was like, you know, I don't know what would it, what it was, Zach, but it was like, well over two hours, two yeah, and a half hours, hours and like twenty-three that. minutes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so he's, you know, he's just been tuning away. Uh, uh, I don't even know when the final thing is actually going to be. <laughs> you know, the final final thing. Right. You can have some tweaks that I might notice, or tweaks that I totally didn't notice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's still working on it. He's still tweaking it. And um, what I thought was pretty cool um, and just a testament to Zach's talent is because oh. um, we were all sort of like the LVP people who saw the two hour and 20 minute cut. We all totally were like, how is he going to cut this down to um, film fest? Yeah. Um, you know, runtime. Right. right. Uh, but sure enough, he fucking did it. You know, <laughs> like that's the one you saw and okay. he showed it and he showed yep. it to me and I was like, holy shit. He still managed to get everything in there that was, yeah. you know, important to tell for the story. And almost I, you know, I didn't even remember some shit that was in the LBP <sighs> version, you know? So I was like, oh, this, he did it. Some bitch did it. You know, <laughs> so in in making something like this, the one thing that you, I, I don't think that people and and truth, I've never been able to talk to somebody in that position. But um, you're if you're the subject of a documentary, <laughs> you are also subject to whatever the edit comes out as in terms of what what the narrative presents of of each character but they're people but it's a, a certain character to that story what, how nerve-wracking is that to know that like you're showing vulnerability you're showing your frustrations you're showing things you fucked up it's a lot you're 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 on display is that is that where you're like man i don't know if i want this does that make you question wanting to have a documentary made or um i think at first it was just a lot of like I don't understand his angle. What's, what's, you know, what's, what's this guy's deal? What's he doing? Why does he want to tell this story? Because truth be told, regardless of what you know of me, what you've heard of me, I've said some dumb shit. I've done some dumb shit throughout the years. But when it gets right down to it, I know who I am. I know what I do. And what I do is not... Um, to me, sometimes I sort of forget how um, how how uh, uh, crazy it is what we've done. 
Sure. And I just think of myself as a, a, a schmuck who picked up a video camera and just makes <laughs> shitty movies with his buddies. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, yeah. what, what is the story here? Yeah. Um, so I did, you know, I did need him to <laughs> sort of tell me and I, and listen, I've heard it before, but it's, it's just like, you know, there's, there's a story to tell here. You were, you know, right. you were a kid growing up in a know nothing town. You said you wanted to make movies when you were seven years old and you did. Yeah, <laughs> and you sure. have yeah. it stopped. Sure. You know, so, and I've heard that before. Yeah. And I've heard the, wow, you don't know how cool that is, you know? And I'm like, eh. it, you know, but if I, you it, sit back and think about it, yes, it is very fucking cool. Yeah. Um, it, I think a lot of that comes from like, be yourself aware, you know, I mean, you're, you've lived this, like you've lived it longer than you fucking have it. Yeah. <laughs> like literally. And so like, you're going to be self-aware of like, after a certain point, you're just like, I just make these weird fucking movies. And I know there's a niche audience, but like, there is a bigger story. And I think that's Zach. I think that's what you've pulled off and watching this. And that's where I was able to like, put put my bias and friendship aside and say all right take me out of this where i didn't know chris siever i didn't know low budget pictures if i was presented this documentary as a film fan i'm rooting for that whole fucking bunch of people that's this is a story that people want to hear these are the these are the people we want to hear stories about in my opinion Oh man, this just uh, this makes me. This this is such validation. You have no idea. This feels so good. So yeah, please, yeah, continue. good, continue. good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad to hear it's that. Huge. <laughs> uh, I I think I think it's important that uh, that people know that. Hey, if I did this thing, that seems like a crazy fucking idea, and I'm constantly talking myself out of it. If nothing else, there's a Chris Seaver that gets why I'm I'm compelled to do the thing I'm doing. And I think that's the story your documentary is telling is there is an aspect of it that people still need to be reminded. You're stopping yourself. Just fucking make the movie. Just just get out there. Make the movie. Get out there. Write the songs that you want to hear. And I, I feel like that's the message that people are going to take from it. And because ultimately like you do like you go through an emotional arc in this where like we watch you question yourself well, <laughs> like I, more I, than one time i'm constantly questioning myself. i know you I are. still question know. myself to this day <laughs> i felt you know that doc i mean it, it, anybody who knows me longer than you know a week knows that i'm a very <laughs> i truly am a very open individual i i'm honest i i just don't care you know life is yeah. short who the fuck gives a shit you yeah. know like yep um and i'm very self-deprecating but i also truly uh think there's a lot of i have real self-doubt yeah about me and this whole thing just because of everything that i've been through yep um sure. you know uh so I think it's a very real and honest representation of who Chris Seaver is. I really I agree. It, it is I all agree. right there. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. Yep. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, the fucking doc ends with me being all this sourpuss, yes. you know? 
<laughs> my favorite part is that we end the doc on you going, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could have ended it with one of these days, you're going to get a great, you know, interview. And you would think I would say from me, but I go from someone <laughs> and then it ends. I you love know? that. And, I, and that's I receiver, do. man. That and, like, and, and I don't feel like we're giving anything away by saying that. I think it, it does represent like the overarching theme that like, even, even though there's this hopeful message of just like, just fucking make the movie, just do the thing that you care about. There is also every other emotion that comes with it. You have to, you have to address the pain with the pleasure in, in the sense that it, that's awesome. Oh my God. Look at my friends. They made this movie. Yeah. Cool. Ask them about the experience. <laughs> yeah. I think, <laughs> yes, yes. Because a lot of people are going to go, uh, yeah, I mean, it was fun, but Jesus Christ, it was hard. <laughs> I think it really does come down to passion, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, for the life of me, I can't understand why I keep wanting to do this. Right, uh, right, right. I, I totally understand that. Other than the fact that I want some sort of validation. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. Of everything that we've been through. Yeah. Uh, I always go back to the gang. I always, I want to like, to my wife, to my child, to the gang, yep. who are the extended family. The people in my films are my extended family and I love them to death. And Yes, yes. Uh, my wife has been through shit because right. of this, you know. Yeah. Uh, my kid has grown up around this, um, you know, and everybody, it's just like... To me, I'm a failure, and so yeah, I want to one day. You want the win, even, even if it all falls apart after that one win. Yeah, you know, I just like we did all of this for something. Yes, and these people believed in me long enough to finally see it through fruition. And yeah. knowing my luck, I'm going to have a heart attack the day that it happens, and I'm going to die. <laughs> I mean, like that's. <laughs> that's Chris Seaver <laughs> thing you could have said. <laughs> um, so, and that's, that's really the top thing that got me to say, okay, to Zach was, I was thinking about, this is like the ultimate, uh, thank you and love letter to the people who have made this, these movies with me. Um, I felt like if anything else, uh, if nothing else, uh, this is a time capsule of 20 years with these people yeah. making these movies with me. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, and I, and for me, 31 years being able to look back and right. be like, all right, you know, I, I, I guess, I guess I can see it now. It's right there. We did do this and this was special to us and to me. And right. Right. Uh, if nothing else, this is a, love letter time capsule to the, all these people who I, I do you know. think I, uh, on one of our, nor like our regular non-interview episodes, we discussed after my wife and I watched the documentary, we did discuss it. And that was kind of how we, we addressed it was it, as it being a love letter of sorts to, to what you do, but also just to like independent filmmaking, you know, like you're, you are, uh, you're addressing your, you're presenting the the best and worst elements all at once of this is what a lifetime of this shit looks like. 
and and in the way that we do it, in the way that I do yes, it, not yes. the way everybody does it. No, uh, you but know. there is a universal theme that I think any filmmaker can take from that in, in that I have to do this out of passion because there's no other earthly fucking reason why anyone would put themselves through this. Exactly. You know, yep. and Zach, I think you captured that. I, oh, I, 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 I think what, how hard is it to be intrusive? Well, well, yeah, cause that's essentially a documentary is the most intimate intrusive thing you can do. Like, uh, how is that? Like, is it hard? Is it, a, it, it's not natural probably, but. I think it depends on who it, who it was like, okay. As far as, as far as like individuals, everyone kind of brings their own different, um, I don't know, like psychoses to, to the table. Yep. Like everybody has their own different that makes sense. hangups, you know, yes. yep. uh, some people are naturally, naturally really good in front of a camera. And luckily most of the people who work with Chris are phenomenal in front of a camera. So okay. hams. Yeah. Yeah. Hams through and through, but but you know, truthful and like not a lot of bullshit, which is great. Yeah. Um, uh, with Chris, I was a little more concerned, especially towards the beginning, about kind of digging in a little bit deep. Yep. Uh, because, and yeah, because Chris gets a little, uh, little, little testy, a little raised voice sometimes when he feels like he, he has to defend. Just because you know, it's a like if you're getting asked a question that could be. Uh, I don't know. Like, I felt like I, I wound up putting him on the defense a bunch, and I know. Sure. Like, and sure. it's just part of my learning curve too. Is that okay? I need to make sure that he doesn't feel that way when I'm asking him questions. You right. know, and that right. we're not. I'm not like irritating him with a dumb question. Like, I kind of have to, you know. But at the same time, I like I don't know these things, so I need to. I need to learn. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're asking out of genuine, you know, an inquisitive place, but. Yeah. Ultimately, when you're talking about an individual and and essentially their life's work, yeah, the, the self doubt that that person has, and then we're gonna like, oh, I have to address pains, <laughs> personal yeah. pains. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're gonna yeah, be guarded when those per- questions get personal. Absolutely. Like I absolutely would not. If I was in Chris's shoes, I would absolutely, I would have said, fuck no. Like, I no documentary yep. about me at all whatsoever. Like, you can do it on your own. I'm not going to interview for this. No. Right. Right. I, but, uh, but yeah, but I mean, he's great. And he was, he, you know, he, he, he let me learn through working with him. So that, that was, was really helpful and just kind of a great experience with, with all of that. So, did the um, gang trust you? Um, I, I don't think initially, but I think. So, that that's something I will speak on. Like so, initially, um, they all were sort of no, yep, um, because of the the it, the same thing. Like yep, three other times, you know, somebody had come to us and want to do a documentary about us, and okay. it always went to shit, you know, and then <clears throat> you know. Uh, well, there's some people who aren't on the dock and some people were just like, I'm just not going to do this. I don't want to do this. I'm, you know, I'm, yep. Yep. I, I would rather yep. not, you know, and I, and I get that. But I think the more that Zach 
um, hung out with me and the more that I got to know him and, and his wife and everything. And I, you know, I've said this before, but Zach just is a really genuinely nice dude. Very inquisitive. Uh, um, <clears throat> but generally just nice. And yeah, you know, he melded with everybody really well and everyone thought he was nice. And so I think the more that he hung out with me and the more I was like, you know what, Zach's a good dude, you know, like, don't worry yep, about yep. this. Like, let's do this. Yep. Uh, and then I think from my agreeing, they all were like, all right. You know, he, and then he says, we're good. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. And then through just being able to either be at a gash bash or hang out or whatever it was, yep. the more and more people got to, hang out with Zach and be around Zach. And they were like, Oh, okay. It's Zach. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> like, sure. This is going to be all right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, so I think when you have some of those, for lack of a better term, the gatekeepers of the whole thing, like a Meredith who like, I, it, it is funny that the way she's <laughs> portrayed is that, but like, like she's, well, she, she, is. she gets shit done. Like, I mean, listen, like, like, she is the first lady of LBP. Yes, I mean, she gets really shit is. done. Um, and I deliberately, and I was telling Meredith through the whole thing, even before the doc was getting made, I was, I was like, I totally have Zach thinking you're like this, this really tight monster who, you know, and that, <laughs> just a real ball buster. <laughs> yeah, because and very, you know, and she just laughed about it, and and. Obviously, when he got to meet her, it was she's not the best bad at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah she was great. She was yeah. awesome. But. And and there there are some like you'd said too. To your point, Zach, like some of the people are just naturally so good. They're, they come across so well on camera. Yeah, uh, you know, like so. I think somebody like Josh, who's just very approachable, and always like understands Chris Seaver joke writing, arguably better than anyone he's ever worked with. Like just gets it immediately. That's, that's the best type of person to get on a documentary. It may, yeah. Maybe the, the less difficult interview to, to capture, I'd assume. Uh, yeah. Less difficult to capture. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. Oh God. I love Josh so much. He's, he was great. Yeah. Were, uh, yeah. Um, I, I drove like pretty much straight overnight to, Yeah. Michigan. Yep. Michigan where they live. And, yep. uh, and I was cooked. By a, God, what was it? A chowder dinner. They made me chowder and it was so freaking good. I had like no sleep. It was kind of a crazy mess of circumstances, but like, I just kind of had to get out there, do the interview and then like head back pretty much yeah. immediately. Yeah. But Oh my God. It was, uh, that was some of the best chowder that I've ever had. So that interview was just great. Like I just remember the food and then sitting with these people because it was him and Amber. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Also very funny. My God, is she funny? Freaking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so we talked about like some of the. Yeah, I, I want to say like some of the fun ass, like easier, like Josh being the easy end of the spectrum, right? Uh, and uh, there were were there were there interviews that were hard to lock down. Like people that were hard to get to get tied down, and you're like, man, this is is. Am I going to be able to get this one? Um, I well, okay. So there were 
there were two. Because Chris can only yeah. do so much in that regard. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all, for the most part, most, I mean, he just would, like, send out his lines or uh, whatever to, like, the core crew. Yeah. But the, the uh, Debbie Rashan was a little bit tricky, just as far as scheduling goes. And, I yep. like, the thing is, is that I wanted to do all the interviews in person. Yeah, I could tell. Because <laughs> <And then, laughs> uh, you did most of COVID, them. so... Uh, but yep. we had originally like sort of semi made a plan to like, I was possibly going to go down to Florida. She was going to go to a convention there, but then that all just went to shit. Yep. Um, yep. and then, uh, Meredith, I think Meredith was, uh, another one just because she's very busy with all of her ceramics and yeah. you know, doing all yep. the things she was doing a lot of travel around that time too. So, okay. Uh, so that was another one of those instances where it was like, Actually, right before everything started getting shut down, I, I just drove right the fuck out from Rochester to Kansas City, Missouri, and then pretty much the next day, turned right back around, drove back. Uh, and then we moved across the country like three weeks later. So it was just oh. like, you know, back and forth across the country sort of thing. But in any case, uh, yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't hard. It was just like trying to figure out the time it was a little bit tricky. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was there, was there anything in the documentary, Chris, that you, you'd hoped something that you, you didn't maybe verbalize, but you're like, man, I hope we, I hope this comes up in the doc and then you see it and it, and it did. And you're like, good, good. So I'm not crazy. This is something I saw and it, it is true. Um, I don't think so. I, I, you know, I think personally for me, uh, just on a personal level, it would have been cool to see Wellsville um, because he did, we did drive down there and he yeah. shot, he shot all this footage of us going to all the spots that we would shoot back then. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of these places I hadn't seen in you know, decades <laughs> and to, to be there as an adult, it was just wild again. Yeah, um, so yeah. that was a little bit, aw, you know, but yeah, I don't know. For the most part, I, I it, 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 like you said, it's his movie. Like you, yeah, you wanted and, him to and make it's, it, it's yeah. not anything that really would uh, add much to the story. Gotcha. Yep. It's still yep. sort of captured. <laughs> I mean, it captured, from when I was a kid to now, you know, Literally. so yeah. uh, it really was like, this is your life, you know, uh, I, I, bizarre. I particularly, particularly liked the, the fact that we saw young Chris and you can see, yeah, that makes sense. That kid turned into this guy that makes these, <laughs> these movies. It, 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 it's something we take for granted when we watch a documentary, but the fact that the footage exists, that can kind of like, here's the proof. And, yeah, yeah. you know, here's the video proof that like this guy was meant to do this shit. Yeah. He was supposed to make this. Um, I, I was really happy to see Billy. Hmm. Of course he was going to be in it. Because, Billy is Billy ducks like dips in and out now, you know, like I, it's not often, but when he's there, you're fucking glad he's in the movie. 
And I, to to see him there, to see him sleeping on your couch, like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so happy to have him there and and to get his perspective on it. I that 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 made me as a fan, like particularly, like, oh good, that's 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 a good person to have on there. Another person that I think is a really important part of all of that of this whole thing is Casey. Well, Casey, yeah, Casey has a. a, a a long and unique perspective on this whole thing. Cause he's been right by you through this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, for the most, yeah. For the most you know, part, I mean, yes. we, he grew up with me. He's my cousin. Uh, yes. I tormented him with horror movies when he was little. And, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we would, I would go over to grandma's house and, and bring all that shit with me and show all the cousins and everything. And yeah, you know, it wasn't really until like 96, that I pulled him into the world and right. Um, but since 96, I mean, he was, you know, he was right there. That's a long time. <laughs> that shit with me. Yeah. And, and he's, he's seen, he's existed through so many incarnations of, of what you've done. Uh, in addition to being literal family to you. Um, yeah. but there, there was something else in this too, that I, I think is a, a testament to both, you know, what the documentary is trying to achieve and what you've cultivated, Chris. And that is, there's a loyalty that comes <laughs> to being willing to like, cause everybody's all spread out now. It's not like, Hey, we're all in a neighborhood together in Rochester. And it's yep. everyone's all over the country. And the fact that you can get people to come back to make these fucking movies, man, like that, that tells me that beyond the difficulties, beyond the the struggle of making something like this, these people care about you and care about what you guys create together. Like that has to, looking back on that, seeing a documentary about that, that part has to, to feel, I, I know you want something, you know, to say like, look, this is what it amounted to. This is what we got. But I do think that is a big piece of this. Uh, I think... 100% the best thing that has come out of this are those people. Um, yes. They, you know, I, I think I've said it in the doc, but, and I've said it surely year after year, but um, I love these human beings. I yep. could not do what I've done without them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, I know in my heart of hearts that I'm blessed to have those people. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't live without them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they are my family. They are 100% my family now. Um, you know, I mean, so much so that, <clears throat> you know, if we aren't making movies, I have to see them. I got to see them, you know, whether it be a gash bash, which is a thing we do uh, every year where we gather as many people from the group as possible to get together and do nothing but hang out. Yeah, I have a giant sleepover at my house, and we just watch movies and grill and swim and just hang out. You know, these are my these are my best friends, and yes, unfortunately, they're scattered around the country. <laughs> you know, um, so anytime I get to see any of them, it's a it's a real thrill for me, and I love it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, huge. I I can create the world, and I can write the words, but. It's these people that, um, yep, you know, they they bring it to life. 
the, that final little bit of pixie dust, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and that, that kernel on the poop corn, you know, the, <laughs> that's the LVP group. And, and, you know, yeah, I, I tell them what to do, but at this point they're just so they know Chris Seaver, they know the, the vibe, they know exactly sort of what it's all about and they get it. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a, whether they like it or not, you know, it's a part of them, yeah. <laughs> you know, it is. And, and the fact that like, I, it, it does come across in the documentary that like, you love watching them bring this shit to life. <laughs> like you, it, it is, it, it, you can see a genuine joy coming across your face that like, yeah, I wrote this. Yeah. I put this together. Yes. I'm shooting this, but fuck. Look how funny they are doing this. They're yeah. doing exactly how they're, they're creating what you saw in your head. They are bringing it to life. 100%. Yes. They, they, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I just, I can't, I can never do this without them. And, and you know, I, I'm glad that at this point, <laughs> you know, if, if, the movies or the whatever yeah. dries up, I still have them. You've got those friends. Yes. yes. I'll never not have those people in my life. And, that's, and, and that, that's that is, thing. yes, that's what you take away from this whole thing or, or is your, is this family you've built. And believe me, uh, I, you've probably heard this before. Uh, I know several people have heard it throughout the years, but like I too am befunked and bewildered that they just keep coming back. <laughs> But clearly it's a, you know, uh, whether it be some sort of pride yeah. Uh, yeah. that they've, you know, been able to obtain because of doing this, um, because of being a part of this whole thing. Yeah. Whether it's uh, I want to help my friend who I love to achieve his dream, achieve yeah. his goal. Uh, whether it's, you know, we've come this far. You know, and uh, we can't give this up yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I don't know, but I appreciate it. And um, I wish I could give them the world. You know, I wish I could uh, uh, pay them back for everything that they've done for me. I think it comes across, too. Like, there's an element of it where you can see, like, hey, I, too, want this to happen for them. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I could... I couldn't, I, I can't see anything beyond this. Like somebody has said to me before, maybe even Zach brought it up, but I know I've answered this question before. Like, what if, what if something happens one day and, and you do get the money to be able to, to make something that is going to be seen on a larger scale, but then yeah. they say, Oh, we want to recast, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, boy, <laughs> I mean, it would be a, it would be a, a war. It would be a struggle. Yeah. Uh, it, it would m- probably end in, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> but you also, you know, where you other also, people would be like, you're fucking crazy. You know, and, like take this and money I think and run. They would. Like uh, that's, and that's where they're your family is. They would go, what are you doing? No, you fucking, this is your moment. Like they, I think I would, I think I would have, to, it would have to be a compromise. It would have to be a, like, Okay, but they have to be in it in some way. Yeah. They have to be around it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This isn't just for me. It's for them, you know. Uh, Right. Right. So we'll see. 
I don't know. That's the smart move you're making with Wellsville is you're not really giving anyone an option. Like you're making it with, with your crew. I am, but, um, everybody going into this also knows that we might not be making this going forward. Um, and I think everyone is okay with that. Now, listen, if, if it comes to us kickstarting and we do it, absolutely. They're all going to, of course, be the same people. Um, but, this is the first time in a hell of a long time where we have four new people. Yeah. Uh, we have cast <laughs> auditioned and yep. there are four new people coming into this, uh, that I don't envy, uh, because they're coming into a group that has, has been doing already established for 20 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be like a real shot of new energy. Um, and I think the old guard believe that as well. Like, Ooh, we're getting a shot of adrenaline. These are, this is a new dynamic. This is people coming in who are, they're all stage actors. Oh um, my gosh. <laughs> and they're coming in with guns a blazing, you know? Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So it's exciting as well. It's just yeah, so yeah. like, yeah, the old people are there, but we're bringing in some new blood and, and maybe that new blood is really going to enjoy it. And maybe that new blood is like, Hey, we did this. Thanks. You know? Um, but we'll see. And one of them, uh, just so happens to be somebody who did stuff with us in 2001 and 2002 have not spoken to them since 2002 and they're back. (laughs) You're kidding. So that's really awesome. Uh, shit. Yeah, Dave Ottavino, who played the Max in the original Filthy McNasty and Filthy McNasty 2. And, uh, you know, was a little small bit here and there and a couple of other things that we did. But Dave Ottavino, who I have not spoken to since 2002. Wow. He's back and he is playing one of the lead characters. Holy shit. Wow. That's exciting. It's very cool. It's funny when he came over. Uh, after I like, after 20 years was like, Hey, (laughs) I didn't know you were around anymore. Do you want to do this? And he came over and it was like, no time had passed. It was the most bizarre thing. It was like, it was, Oh, it was the same Dave. And we were cracking jokes and being the same as we were. And he hasn't changed really. And, uh, he loved the idea and was like, I'm in whatever, like, let's do this. Holy shit, man. That's exciting. That's, I got goosebumps when you said like that 20 years in and it just like the original max, you know, that's very cool. I'm that, uh, that's very exciting. Um, Zach, there's one last thing I wanted to ask you in regards to the documentary. What, what do you, because this is your film. What is it? What is your hope that people take away from the doc? Oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, hopefully they just come in with a loose sense of expectations, maybe no expectations whatsoever, and they get a chuckle and they learn something about themselves and uh, about this crazy little group called LVP along the way. That's that's all I can hope for. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't want to put too much on, like, you know, like my, my intent. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Yep. Like I just kind, I just wanted to present these guys, and I feel, I feel like it does. I feel like the doc does that pretty, pretty well. I think so. I, I think uh, my wife and I were talking about it after we finished watching, and I said, if I show, I would show this to someone first, and say, hey, watch this documentary on these people. Watch, watch this documentary on this this filmmaker and his crew. And after they watch that, then I would, like, have a, a real, like, specific, ch- like, list of his movies and say, now watch these. And it will all, all make sense to you. The jokes, I feel like it, it, it's a really good way to draw on a new batch of comedy fans to... Yeah that world i think that it would be a really good way to introduce people to it yeah you know i think we all said um after we saw it that regardless that it was about us we totally would watch this certainly me who yeah. i love documentaries and i love i do too filmmaking documentaries yes. uh, and if i was a kid who you know wanted to get into film Yep. And uh, had a video camera or whatever and was, yep. wanted to learn all this stuff and watch anything and everything. I, I totally would be like, man, this these these schmucks did it, you know. <laughs> and that's exactly how I was Yeah, in the late 80s, early 90s. Yes. Not only making this stuff, but watching this stuff in video stores. You yeah. Know, being able yeah. to rent cannibal camp out and all that shit and saying, well, I can do this, you know, right, right. I, I've got a camera and I've been doing this and wow, people are, this is, I rented this. You yes. Know? Yeah. Uh, so there was tremendous amount of hope for somebody like me growing up in the eighties and nineties. I, uh, I love the idea of, that being a way that some young person can go, fuck yeah, I could, t- I'm going to make them that movie. I have this batshit idea and I'm going to get all my friends and I'm going to make it because I watched that. And these, this dude fucking did it. And he still does it. Like I, I it is an incredibly hopeful message. And depressing. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you do have to tape. If, if you endeavor into art you have to taper your expectations. Yes. And you uh, don't know that until you're well into it, that I should have been tapering my expectations <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, listen, <clears throat> I'm sure there's plenty of people. Uh, I know there's plenty of people out there who are just like, stop, Chris, you know, stop. Yeah. Why do you yeah. even fucking bother? Like your movies are garbage and this, that, and the other thing. It's just, Clearly, they don't understand. They don't get it. Yep. They are not creatives. Or if they're creatives, they haven't done anything themselves. Or they yeah. think what they've done is better than everybody else's yep. until you put it out on a public forum. And then you get actual feedback, you know? Right, right. You got to have the balls. You got to have the nerves of steel, you know? Yep. Um, and just the stupid, uh, stubborn passion to keep going. Yeah, yeah. I, it. it I'm 42 and still playing music. So like I, you know, I, 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 it it is, it's a compulsion to create and to be a creative. There's a compulsion that you can't, as much as you try to suppress it. And Chris, I know you've done this and I've done it. 
I've suppressed those parts of me being like, no, I'm fucking done. I can't do this anymore. It always comes back because I'm drawn to, to do this thing the same way you're drawn to make, it doesn't go away. It might manifest in different formats, but that need to create something once it's there and you've opened the Pandora's box, I don't think it's something you can just shut and walk away from. And if you can, that's a different type of person that I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I just much to my chagrin. I'm not. uh, Yeah. Oh, same. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. It, it, but it does, it does take, like you said, it takes a certain aspect of like, you have to have some thick skin along the way because once it's in the court of public opinion. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I've always, you know, um, learned to just sort of say, I don't care. You know, ultimately you can't, uh, people do. Yeah. Um, I think the only time I actually like take offense to something that is said about a Chris Seaver movie is when they just clearly don't, they really 100% don't understand the type of movies or projects that we're making. Um, sure. They like to say they do, mm-hmm. but I think they don't. I, th- I think they don't know how truly in on the joke we are. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. people who do crom bless you, you know? Yeah. And they're never going to get it if they don't like, yeah. And it's just not for them. It's just, it's, and that's fine. Move along. If you you can't watch what you're doing and see like, no, they know what they're making. This isn't, you know, they they don't think that they're making (laughs) fucking high art. They know the type of comedy that they're, they're putting out there. If you can't see that again, like you said, it's not for you. You're not the, you're not the audience for that. Um, But overall, I, I can't recommend the documentary enough. I'm very excited for people to see it. I think it's, and I think with between that and, and, and Wellsville, I think there's some exciting shit. Bubble service. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, Zach, you know, he can speak to it, but he is, you know, he's got it out there in submissions and festivals. He's going that route. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're doing okay. Um, I can say that we are in, just got accepted into a small one in Reno, Nevada called Scum Dance. Uh, okay. I think that's going to be towards the end of the year. Um, we had one showing, um, geez, I forget the name, but it's another hole in the head film festival. We won uh, an award for that. So that's pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, and I think I'm just going to, like, kind of say it, even though it's, like, not announced on any platforms and I don't have, like, an official thing, but I got an email from the festival organizer. But uh, Creature Feature Weekend is also going to be showing it. Uh, That's great. At the end of August in Gettysburg, uh, uh, Pennsylvania. Very um, exciting. That's very exciting. So, um, yeah. so but it's guys, been submitted to a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah, okay. we have like I mean, 10 more that we're waiting. So we'll okay. see. Yeah, so, I mean, it could be popping up on a lot of festivals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I don't continue to, like, because otherwise I'll talk to you guys for five hours. Um, what, how can they, how can people stay up to date on things like Wellsville, uh, on 
on the documentary. Like these are, I, I want people to walk away from this being able to keep, keep up with this stuff. So how can they do that? Well, for Wellsville Nights or anything low budget pictures or Warlock home video related, they can, they can go to Facebook. There's a Warlock home video, uh, like page, uh, on Facebook, Facebook page. Okay. Um, on Instagram, it is at it crept from the eighties. Mm-hmm. I will link to that in the bio too. And, uh, on YouTube, it's, you know, just look up it crept from the eighties. That's, uh, my YouTube channel. Um, if you want to help donate to, uh, Wellsville Nights. We are still about two grand behind on the budget, and we are okay. shooting July twenty eighth. <laughs> um, so we, you know, we still need it. We still need it. Um, you can help out by getting a hold of me at warlockhomevideo at gmail dot com. Um, you know, check out my movies. You can get a hold of me as well. Uh, but also, there's a ton of my flicks out there in the world in the ether on streamings and Amazons and whatnots and all of that and this and that and everything yeah. else. You know, but, uh, I threw it away. Oh, uh, and yeah, that's, so that's my stuff. Okay. Zach, what about you? How yeah. Can I keep uh, up with you? So I guess the best way to do that would, uh, you know, it's a, I have a land like a LinkedIn LinkedIn bio page. If you just go to Zodoc Films, so Z O D O C Films dot com, that'll have kind of the links to the Instagram account that I have, and uh, I will have any uh, you know upcoming screenings posted there as well. Great, so. great, that's exciting. He also has the trailer to yes. the doc on his pages. Okay. Um, and then, you know, as far as other fans are concerned, when he will post something, I will also take it and post it on all the socials as well. Yeah. Yes, follow Chris uh, to follow me. Cause I, <laughs> I only post, like, stuff that I fake on, on most of the socials. So okay. I'm, yeah, so if there is a fest yeah. screening somewhere, if yeah. Zach says, hey, this is happening, uh, I will post it. Um, okay. All that good stuff, you know. Okay, so great, uh, guys. This was uh, this, this was great. I'm glad we got to do this. Uh, we'll have we'll have links to uh, your, your Instagrams uh, in the bio so people can keep up with this. In the meantime, go seek out some low budget pictures and Warlock Home Video. You you if you're a streaming person, there's plenty of it out there. Um, guys, anytime. Anytime you're, you're promoting something, let's do this, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll chop it up more. And and Zach, best of luck. I Thank I hope you. this documentary is on all over the festival circuit. I can tell you, and I can tell anybody listening, it's a really heartwarming, fun documentary, and it shows a very realistic portrait of what sort of dedication it takes to continue to make art in a in a small low budget world and and it shows why this whole thing is has withstood as long as it has and that's because chris has built a, a pretty wonderful world of people around him so 
uh, yeah, guys, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to everybody else next week. Bye. 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 Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. Why did we ever meet? Tell it to my face. Don't want